0: And welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from the planet Z, I'll be your host, Dave Trumbor Joining me as always, he's one of the ancient Zoidians, my co-host, <laughs> John Paul Ellis. How's it going, sir? Uh, David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I, I, I'm curious. I've always wanted to know, what's it like to be an ancient
1: Zoidian? It's, it's pretty cool. You know, I look, I put my Zoid pants on like everybody else does, naked, covered in a bunch of wires. Oh, okay. So, well, yeah, it should be, should be very relatable to everybody. Yeah, not what I expected. Kind
0: of came out of left field, but that's fair in, enough. In, in, fitting, <laughs> in fitting, I think, with tonight's, <laughs> tonight's episodes that we watched. Uh, this is going to be another listener suggestion. Uh, listeners out there, if you are familiar with the planet Z or the word Zoidians, can probably figure out we're going to be talking about another entry in the zoids franchise zoids chaotic century now this one's one's kind of interesting um sean and i were just talking about how when we covered zoids we got a lot of love from you guys about the fact that we covered the show but you were just like look you guys you done fucked up you really need
1: to go watch this other (laughs) series instead (laughs) because the one you watched is not good Uh, you guys had very strong opinions about new century zoids new century and so we wanted to we wanted to honor your suggestions to to dig in a little bit to Chaotic Sentry.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a good thing that we did too. I'm glad you guys suggested it. I'm glad we listened to you because I really enjoyed this one. Um but before we get too much into that, Sean's gonna take it away with a little bit of the history
1: of this series. Sure. Zoid's Chaotic Sentry, simply titled Zoids in Japan, is the first of four anime series based on the Zoid range of mecha model kits produced by Tomy. It is loosely adapted from the manga series Kiju Shinsheki Zoido, which was created by Mishihiro Uyama and published by Korokoro Comics. The series was animated by Zebek and aired from September of 1999 to December of 2000 on the TBS network. Although the first series to be produced for the franchise in Japan, Chaotic Century was the second series to be dubbed and aired in Western nations following Zoid Century. So if there was some confusion, why Zoid's new century made more sense as an American audience and why it kind of felt like there was maybe a little bit of a disconnect in terms of the the history of this show. Or you were somebody who was like, I don't really care about the history of this show. Just show me these tigers with blades on the side <laughs> of them. Um, that's why. So American audiences, we got New Century first and then we got Chaotic Century much later. Yeah,
0: which kind of confused me because when we went and we watched that the, the last Zoids episode that we talked about, to me, that was the first one I had ever seen. So to me, that was like the first one. And right. I didn't actually watch chaotic century because by the time that came out here, um, I, I just don't think I was just watching that series. Like I was, I was okay with the zoids that we talked about. I remember Jamal, this was one of the shows that he like would watch right up until the last second. His like school bus came <laughs> right. at like seven twenty nine and he had to run out the door. <laughs> it was kind of, kind of the same thing for me, but just not that quite that urgent. Um, but then this series, I don't remember watching at all. And it's unfortunate because it's superior. I mean, just from watching the couple episodes that we watched, like, vastly superior
1: (laughs) yeah it's it seemed like for this uh it seemed like zoid's new century was very focused on battles of the week right and for chaotic century it felt like there was an actual narrative arc or there were multiple arcs that kind of went through a lot of the the episodes that we watched for this evening and so that felt more rewarding as an audience member because it wasn't just you know did the the person who's in a liger you know, destroy the person who obviously and predictably they're going to. Right. This felt like it had uh, a much grander vision in mind when you were watching the show.
0: Right. And actually off of that, let me walk you guys through the synopsis of this series here. So Zoid's chaotic century is set in the far reaches of the Milky Way on a planet Z, spelled Z-I. On Z, there are metallic life forms known as Zoids, which possess powerful fighting capabilities. Throughout the recent history of the series, Zoids have been used as weapons in an ongoing war between the Helic Republic and the Gylos Empire. Now, if you'll remember when we watched Zoid, since it actually came after this series, like Sean was just talking about, the, the battles were only just for fun. They were just like tournament battles. There were no warring sides involved with each, <laughs> either of the factions. So it was just kind of like, <laughs> what's the point? Uh, uh, and here, then in this series, yeah, battle is life. That's right. Uh, yeah, in this series, it, it's straight up just like warfare. Like there are skirmishes and stuff. Because, so Chaotic Century is actually set during a ceasefire uh, for a few years after the most recent war. And uh, although tensions are high after it is revealed that one or both sides may have access to the ancient technology of the ancient Zoidian, So the ancient Zoidians, this all sounds kind of crazy right now. <laughs> ancient Zoidians are basically like the original inhabitants of this planet that lived kind of like side by side with these Zoids, right? We don't get too much into that mythology here. Um, but if you delve into the, the series, like 67 episodes, they obviously dig much deeper into that. So this particular series follows a story of a kid named Van Flyheight a teenage boy who discovers a mysterious girl named Fiona and an organoid named Zeke fan discovers that Zeke has the ability to merge with a Zoid, increasing its fighting power. As they travel across the Helic Republic, a new war breaks out with the group of travelers being caught in the middle of it. So we actually, for tonight's episode, we watched, um, the opening for the series, which is just called the boy from planet Z. And we also watched the finale, which is called return to another tomorrow. Now, I think that that was a good idea because it allows us to, you know, see a little bit of the transition, see where they started, how how much really changed over the course of the 67 episodes. What we didn't expect, I think, is just cool. how much of a just like a, a cold, like ice water to the face, like watching the first episode and then jumping into that finale. Because it's just like,
1: holy shit, there's a lot that we missed, which is It was a... Uh... It was a very stark contrast between the two shows, <laughs> between these two episodes. Well, yeah,
0: definitely between the two shows. And then also, yeah, between the two episodes. But I think it was, I think it was good because it, it made me want to watch all that stuff that was in the middle. Like, I really like what they did with the first episode. I really liked how they finished everything up. And it made me want to go back and watch what happened, what transpired throughout the middle. Because there's obviously going to be stuff that we missed, but you get the general feeling of the plot. Um, right. But before we get into this, the plot of tonight's episode, we, we like to start things off with a discussion of the theme song. Now, in this case, Sean, you watched both the Japanese version and the American version, right?
1: Yes, I did. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. The American <laughs> <That's> version <okay. laughs> is... I really, you have to wonder sometimes, and I know I've said this before, is that whenever they they make, maybe it was X-Men the Animated Series, or maybe it was the, when we watched uh, Zoid's New Century, yeah. the American version for some of these theme songs is... I, what do they think that we just like the title of the show chanted over and over again with like death metal in the background? I mean, I guess it seems to because it I kind of don't hate it. Oh, really? You don't hate it? <laughs> I don't. I don't oh, really God. hate it. <laughs> it's just a lot of like sweet hot guitar licks and just Zoids, Zoids, like in the background. That's literally, like, all it, was, it is
0: It's just somebody chanting Zoids over and over. Again.
1: I, I I was when I watched these episodes, I watched the Japanese. Uh, language intro first right and i thought oh this is kind of cool it for some reason it for me it had a very mad max style feeling to it there's a lot of desert they're sort of walking oh yeah visually they're, yeah they're looking very longingly so you know mad max with a little bit of dawson's creek in the middle and no lake and so there we Plus have metal uh, creatures just wandering <laughs> yeah, through right. the like metal
0: dinosaurs and yeah, giant right. tigers yeah
1: so we have we have van kind of looking longingly at these these different things and then we we kind of are, are given like a very quick quick idea of who these these villains are gonna be and do you know how I know that they're villains because they all have darker shades uh on their their clothing or their their organoid that they have that's with them is a just, darker like a and it's like just a, scowling <laughs> all the time <laughs> yeah, right It's just this metal just looks angry' yeah, not angry Bob and so it's it's kind of it's it's kind of fun. It, it yeah. the theme song was for me, it was enjoyable, but it was very kind of like standard coming into an anime series uh, with somebody you know singing in the background. And it's 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 a lovely song, and the the visuals that they they present are very cool, and they set like a decent tone. To contrast that then with the American version, again, you know we we've mentioned the stark contrast between these different shows, and then the episodes that we watched tonight. This was a stark contrast to me too because it was much darker in tone. There were not a lot of light colors. Like it almost seemed like it was just explosions and just things blowing up, and then followed by those guitar licks and like just like the the Zoids chant. That was almost like a military chant. Yeah, yeah. No, it It kind of was like 1984 two minute hate style (laughs) of just like screaming Zoids. Thankfully, it was only like 30
0: seconds, whereas the the Japanese one was like almost like a full song. It was a minute and 30 seconds long. Right. I, I appreciated the Japanese version way more so than the American one. The, the Japanese version was just, it was a nice Green. song. It didn't really matter that it was in, in Japanese. It didn't really feel like it was a very memorable song to me. Like I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what the melody was or what any of the hooks were right now. It was just like a very nice melodic kind of instrumental, you know, there were lyrics to but just kind of like a nice flow to the song. I remember checking out on the YouTube page just like the, the different versions of them and on the, the first comment under one of the Japanese versions is like, you know, beautiful <laughs> instrumental music with some, and then links to like some of the other outros and stuff. And then American, he's like, and then the American version is just like Zoids, and he's like, punches you in the face, drums, heavy guitar. <laughs> it's pretty much all it is. it. So it's a very stark contrast between the two. I thought the Americanized one was garbage. Uh, I liked the <laughs> Japanese one, but I didn't think it was anything like,
1: it wasn't going to be one of my favorite songs that I ever listened to. Um, yeah neither was really a particular earworm for me they you know one the japanese version as you said did a decent job setting the tone you know for for everything that was about to happen and then the american version was just it was like a a cartoon uppercut yeah it's just welcome to america here's what we've
0: done to your beloved cartoon uh i do (laughs) like that both of them had like a good introduction to the visual style of the show and the characters though so both of them you get to see van you get to see the some of the enemies, some of the other human characters that show up, but you also get to see the difference. You know, if the, if the human characters are drawn sort of like traditionally hand-drawn 2d animation, all the ligers and the organoids are kind of this uh, computer generated 3d quality to them. It's a very distinct quality on screen at the same time, but they, they do a good job of showing that in the the intro as well. So as far as that goes, it's like, okay, I got it. There's people, they are partnered up with these creatures and they're fighting against each other. That's pretty much all i need to know and i think both versions did fine setting that up yeah but since we talked about the characters what did you think of the character design both for the the humans and the zoidians and the zoids themselves and the organoids there's a lot of weird (laughs) terminology here
1: yeah there's a lot of stuff so i I, i'm going to preface this saying i felt that a lot of the the character animation um felt very it had its, its distinguishing moments, but it felt very generic for me. Okay. Uh, it felt very standard. You know, the, the thing that they use to really kind of separate uh, a lot of these characters uh, amongst each other are sort of decorative makeup or like red, red lines or painting that they would have on their face. Yeah, just like weird and, facial markings. And it's, it's a style choice and sure. it looks fun. The first thing that I thought of is I was like, why is everybody wearing like a Nelly face band-aid? Yeah, Exactly. It, it didn't make a ton of sense. It looked to me. like and one of don't...
0: those, like one of those waterproof, like kids' beach band aids that, like, for whatever reason, are like the bright neon colors, but they're waterproof, so you just like put them on.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I guess because, as you mentioned, Dave, that you didn't really watch this show, I didn't either. Right. And so I've watched other anime series, and I think the one that it kind of for a lot of the military characters and some of the other characters, the thing that it closely resembled for me was full metal alchemist yeah i could definitely see that with like the way that they have
0: like the epaulets on the on the jackets and they have like the like the heavy leather jackets and canvas a lot of canvas stuff but it's weird because it's set in a desert too so i had it kind of like there was that combination like the military style but with kind of like a star wars aesthetic almost okay there's kind of like the everybody's like uh kind of like draped in like these a lot of fabrics because they're out in the desert but uh it's nothing like too super fancy. I don't know. It was kind of a, a different aesthetic. Um, yeah. What did you think about the Zoids, though, and the, the Organoids and all those uh, those characters that we got a chance to see? Because we, we got to see a good variety of them, which was
1: actually right. kind of nice. I, I liked the Zoids. Uh, I, I will say it makes more sense now watching Chaotic Sentry that a lot of the the specific styles or creature types that they have, such as the Liger, right. and we saw a character named Raven that had a, a raptor that had a ton of guns that were on it. And so the the raptor liger uh, combination it's kind of interesting to see that you know in uh, further in the series yeah. and the command um, wolves
0: so, too were introduced to them earlier on and like a, this weird scorpion
1: thing Right. Guy Zach, Zack i think <laughs> we saw a lot of really really cool ones you know in the the final episode yeah. um, that were that were great that really kind of made me think like oh like there there is a really large military presence uh, in this like these are sort of like they're suddenly like they're addats, you know, that they have that are kind of I, to go with the Star Wars reference yeah. that you made, Dave. You know, these are these are giant, you know, all terrain, huge. I think it sort of looked like a brontosaurus at one point. I'm it looked. It looked to... almost
0: like Dino Riders. Like it looked like the the <laughs> the good guys. I can't remember the Valerians. I can't remember what their names were now. Valorians. Uh they remember they had like the brontosaurus with like the big um, right. shell on its back, which was like their mobile headquarters. It looked similar
1: to that. Yeah. And so we had that in Zoids, and I, I believe the name was Ultrasaurus. I believe so, yeah. Which is the, the giant guy that they had, and they had everybody that was in there. And in the final episode, when you see these things, as, you, as we've mentioned, understanding and, and figuring out like where these things came from in terms of the, the progression of the series, these are cool things. Like oh, yeah. These are interesting things that I would love to kind of see what the, the genesis or where they were introduced along the lines.
0: Yeah, it was definitely something that, like, just from watching these two episodes, I was just like, I was really involved with, like, it took me back to that feeling when you're a kid where you're just like, whoa, I would love if, like, I just wandered outside one day and found, like, this organoid thing that let me pilot <laughs> God, these yeah. giants. It was great. And I mean, it was a great feeling to just be like, okay, I get why people are so, like, into this. I can totally understand it. The one yeah. thing that I'll say that, like, New Century may have had over Chaotic Century, and probably the only thing, is that you got to see the progression of, like, uh, Liger Zero. He used to go. Liger sure. Zero would go from, like, Liger Schneider and, like, Liger Panzer, and he had all these different, like, um, armor skill types sets that would and go armor types. on top of him. Exactly, that he could, like, you could pull them off from the base Liger and then, and then suit them up to different things. And this one, I was surprised that the Liger that we see in the first episode is, like, the exact same Liger that we see in the last <laughs> one, just like they've been together for 67 episodes. Uh, so that right. was surprising to me. Um, that might be the only thing that I think, I think New Century might have on them. But, man, I love the design of these Zoids. I didn't quite get the mechanics of how an organoid, which is sort of a
1: zoid, but not one that you pilot, it's kind of like its own sentient zoid. Well, you, you, you did have a great analogy in our discussion of this show about what the organoid sort of is to the actual zoid. Oh, do so I? Because I already forgot it. No. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> Please tell me what I said. Sure thing. This was the genius that you delivered earlier, Wonderful. Dave, was that the, these organoids sort of act as batteries. For the zoids themselves. Oh, I don't even remember saying so, that but yeah, it's basically okay. what they did And so they they we have this moment where we're introduced and you know our hero's journey that we have with Van, you know, he He's introduced, you know, to, as we're introduced to him. Yeah. and he discovers this ancient ruin right and he's just straight hoverboarding he, through a desert like normal <laughs> Yeah, like you do uh-huh. and
0: Just marty mcfly on his way through the world <laughs>
1: <laughs> he comes across this ruin that he's, he's come across a uh, hundred times before and he gets trapped and he gets stuck because of a battle and somebody that's chasing him. And, yeah, one of these
0: A-hole bandits.
1: Yeah. And so he, he stumbles upon a new part of the ruin right. and it allows him access to an organoid that we find for the first time. And this was an interesting idea because my impression, or at least my idea, when we got the response from Facebook that we did about this show yeah. was that an organoid was sort of like a, a, a human zoid sort of like a human zoid hybrid and so I didn't know really what it was until suddenly he opens up this pod and I think to myself like oh there's gonna be this weird thing actually from the theme song I thought it was the guy that had like the three lenses the, the over rotating, his eye patch like, bullet eye yeah whatever yeah. that was yeah. and so I thought it was gonna be him
0: initially I thought it was gonna be like, uh, like Outlaw Star where Outlaw Star oh. they like open up or even from like Firefly they like open up this, um, this case and there's a naked it's girl just summer glow. Just, like, it's just Summer glow. Uh, so that's like a, a common thing, I think, in anime and my dreams, where you just open up a case and there's like this naked girl just like curled up in there. Um, I thought it was going to be something like that, and I wasn't too far off, just not
1: right out of the gates, right? Right, right, right. So it, I, I I set all of this up not just to explain the plot, to explain. The, it's a, it's a good segue this, though, because well, we have this idea where we're introduced to Zeke, and so I, I kind of wanted to. What were your initial impressions or feelings about Zeke? <sighs>
0: So there's a lot in
1: this... Ooh, this is a deep, there's a deep sigh. Well, it's this because... Is, you, you, pulled back, you pulled back for a moment there, buddy. <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> it's because there's
0: a lot in this episode that is, it's flavored by like the Americanization of it, right? Sure. So a lot of the dialogue is just like stilted and off. Unfortunately, the, the voice acting does not get a whole lot better by the final episode. So that was a little Mm-mm. disconnecting for me. I'd actually, if I would go back and watch more of these episodes, I'd probably just watch them in Japanese. Um, there's this... You, you you're introduced to Zeke earlier on in the intro. So you know that this like roughly six foot tall silver robot, uh, dinosaur robot is going to be like probably a pretty important part of the thing. So I, I kind of expected him to hatch, uh, okay. when, when, uh, Van found him the whole explanation. And this goes into the plot, which we're kind of in the middle of anyway, for the first episode. So I think it's fine. But the, the naming convention, so Van names this guy Zeke because apparently that was his dad's Zoid's name. And his right. dad had died, I think, what, five years previous to this day? Correct. And so had... there's a
1: lot of tragedy that they yeah. inject. Oh, and they just
0: straight through... up exposition this by, Oof. like, a priest on a hill
1: <laughs> in a cemetery. I'm not even making that Stand, up. Standing in front of a, a, grave, oh. or in a grave site, and Van's sister is is in the graveyard screaming for her brother. <laughs> well, I'm
0: assuming she went there because she knew he would be there on the day of
1: like their father's passing,
0: the anniversary of his father. Did she
1: passing. though? Because she seemed shocked that there were flowers that were on the gravestone. Yeah, like, like I on said, the gravesite. I think it's I think it, it's so the lost again, in it,
0: translation stuff because it was just like yeah. that that transition that they made didn't make a whole lot of sense and it hopefully made a little more sense in Japanese.
1: Right. So we we get a little bit of this wonky exposition where, you know, and and again, you know, as we, as harshly as we could judge this for the, these dubbings or these Americanizations, it, it's still kind of funny because these moments yeah. where the priest is like, don't you know? It's the fifth anniversary of when your father passed away, and she's like, oh. <laughs> she's like, like weren't, you fuck paying, did you not weren't you paying attention when did you your dad know? died? Yeah oh has it been that long
0: like and it, and it was so confusing too because it, it's out of nowhere so your only introduction to van is just like him marty mcfly <laughs> across the desert chased by a giant scorpion with a dude inside and you're just kind of like all right i'm in for this ride whatever's happening and then he's in this ruin which starts collapsing and then he goes back into the ruin after collapse whole another craziness there but then it literally just jumps from like that to like this this grass-covered hillside that's also a cemetery with this random girl with like another weird mark on her face, just like screaming for Van. And at this point, you don't know that the kid's name is Van, so she's just screaming Van <laughs> into into space for no apparent reason. And then this weird, creepy dude comes up behind her, and she turns and says something like something something Father. So I was like, Well, what the right. fuck? Like, is it her dad? And then once they show a close up of him, it's like, Oh no, I guess he's like a version of a priest. It was just it was the dialogue choices and the editing cuts were just like. Weird and it was a little stilted and it took a little bit to get used to it But they do a good job and by good job. I mean they just dump exposition on you (laughs) at this point But that's it and we never go back to them, which
1: I'm totally fine. I want to I want to say that for all the All the times that we kind of come down and crap on these these translations and and how these things are dubbed and, and how they're edited together for an american audience I love how i'm beginning to love and appreciate truly appreciate how awkward you can make a basic conversation with one other human being yeah. become that should be a normal transactional like, hey, how are you? I'm doing fine. That's great. Talk to you later. They make it so fucking creepy. And <laughs> whenever it happens, I'm just like, Dude, I, I had a friend who, uh, who used to say like, you know, in, in movies when you would see somebody like walk into a bathroom and they turn on the faucet and then they'd, they'd splash some water in their face. You know, and yep. then they, they towel off. He goes, I've never seen another human being ever do that in my life.
0: I've, I've been a human being that's done that after like a long flight. Uh, so have I. But yeah. That's pretty much it. But I've, no, but yeah, he, I've never he seen was, people
1: do it. But he was like, he's like, I've never seen another person do this. I've seen like dozens of people. <laughs> in bathrooms do this okay and i i guess maybe it's just a. Uh, he just lives just, in like a it, low it, stress it, environment i guess <laughs> yeah, really yeah, maybe it's just it, it's a uh, circumstance and, and location geography and and the type Sean of and i just that, spent
0: a lot of time in dudes bathrooms <laughs>
1: just hanging out in bathrooms I mean, just washing my face what else is there to do <laughs> but god you know it, it's it's like for one of these things it's something that seems so basic you know, that you, you wouldn't really have that exposure to, or you really wouldn't have those interactions. And they just really just ratchet it up to a level where you're like, do people actually dis- do people actually converse this way? Look, and, and I get, <laughs> this, is, this, I get this is it. This isn't really what happened. It's like, look, they, it's, it's bad enough and
0: hard enough to write an episode where you have to cram this exposition in so that the audience gets it. But now the American team has to take the pre-existing Japanese animation and dialogue, right? So the characters are quote unquote saying Japanese words in their pre-existing animation. So now we, we, like I wrote it, the, the American <laughs> team has to like, they have to choose English dialogue that is cut and formed in the same way to make it look like the characters are still speaking it. I mean, honestly, there's a little bit of leeway. They probably don't care all that much about being that accurate, but they have to cut it in such a way and write it in such a way that it, it not only makes sense, but it looks like the characters are actually speaking. Does that make sense? Am I even making yeah. sense at this point? No. So, I mean, I, I totally get it when they're just like, let's cut to Maria at a cemetery. And then the priest behind her tells her that her father died five years ago. And Van's Somebody's like, what if, what, like if what? Marie,
1: what if Maria gasps? <gasps> like, what if she's like,
0: <gasps> Meanwhile, in, in Japan, she like actually said something like, I wonder where is it? Where Van is. But in America, or, she's just like. <gasps>
1: <laughs> or she just looks at the priest and just goes, yeah, no shit. I'm his daughter. Yeah, he died. Yeah. He's my father. Yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah.
0: Which is why sometimes uh, like their facial expressions don't don't match up because they can look like like be scowling and stuff but their voices uh, like this and like everything's great. And there's I'm just really, something off in this in this series about it. But
1: it's not that big of a deal. I don't want to scare you guys off. No, I'm just really coming to appreciate how awkward they can make these moments. Super so, awkward. Thank you. Just thank a, you, English guys, English language dubbing
0: team. I'm just a priest in a cemetery telling you when your dad died. <laughs> and letting you know that your kid brother wants to find a Zoid.
1: All right. See you later. So this is really like our whole introduction to yeah. Zeke yeah. And, and, and learning a little bit more about, you know, Van's backstory and, and sort of why it's so important or uh, why he feels the need to, you know, become a pilot and, and, and meet an organoid, which it seems it seems that it's it's a very rare yeah. Uh, occurrence to actually come across stumble and find one of these organ- organoids so
0: so not just that so apparently they, they make this kind of like offhand comment that all the i guess during the wars they use these zoids to fight against each other right so during the ceasefire a lot of the military zoids are either still under military control or some of them have escaped into the wild and they're what's known as like stray zoids right. so there are stray zoids that are out there but they're not super refined they're not super powerful they're just kind of like your run of the mill they're like your basic level Pokemon right I actually um, compared a lot of uh, Van's discovery of Zeke and their original their first like battle together and their first interactions to Ash and Pikachu it's almost like frame okay. for frame the exact same thing it's kind of weird when you, hmm. when you sit down and think about it but um, so out in the world there are stray zoids which are just kind of like random ones that escaped from the military but then there's also the wild Zoid. Which, for the most part, are disabled, are just basically like covered in rust and sand, and they just they haven't moved in probably decades, if not like centuries.
1: Because oh, I, I thought you were gonna say that like wild Zoids were just like, hey, we're Zoids and we're here to party. Yeah, just here party. to get here to get party crazy. Zoids, you can't, party zoids. you can't trust those guys. Can't trust those guys. Gotta call the cops uh, on zoids, them. Zoids, Zoids party century. Oh, I would watch year that. I watch that. The Zoid's gone wild. I'd watch it.
0: <laughs> well, some of the some of these episodes get a little they get a, get little, a little racy. Yeah, surprisingly. But I thought it was great that um, in this first episode, when uh, Van runs into the ruins, he not only passes by the kind of like the shell of the Liger, you can actually see it. Like he passes right. by it. Doesn't he also pass by like this giant Godzilla looking? Yes, Dinobot too. Is that mm-hmm. what we see later on, or at least a version it of it? It might be. I it could it be. Is. We'll get to that when we talk about the, the finale. I just wanted to bring that up now, because it was a really nice foreshadowing of, like, oh, shit, this
1: thing also exists and will come to life right. later on. It was pretty cool. Yeah, or at least maybe it was, a like, a hieroglyph or something like that, or something that was etched into the side of the mountain to sort of denote or, you know, say, hey, this is what this thing looks like. Be yeah, on either the, one. Be on the, the lookout for, you know, for, what is it? Mecha giant Death Sword. Death yeah.
0: Even I for this thing that's bigger than a skyscraper, so you literally can't miss Jesus. it. But no, I thought it was I thought it was great. So in so in Pokemon, which we talked about not too long ago, right? Ash wants to go get his very first Pokemon so he can become the greatest Pokemon trainer. In this show, sure. Van wants to go find a Zoid so he can be a great Zoid pilot like his dad and defend you know his family, his town, his village. So sure. right there, you're set up kind of the same thing. Uh, Ash gets his Pokemon given to him van kind of finds his in like the a different kind of circumstance but then neither of the two get along with each other when they first meet so i love the interaction between van and zeke in the, in the first episode because it was just kind of like <laughs> it was a little weird a little silly but i like i like the bond that they kind of forged
1: what was your take right on well I, I think any bond that you forge by tail slapping somebody yeah. who hatched you out of a pot yeah yeah, that's going to create a, a long-lasting, solid relationship between you and the other person. Yeah, I just think that that's common courtesy and on the planet Z. You just tail slash somebody... somebody in the face. <laughs> but, that, but this is what happens, is that Zeke has all of this exposition about how uh, you're an organoid, and I, I've, I've found you, and we're going to be best friends, and we're going to do all these things, and I can't believe that I found you, and I hatched you, and, and let, let's go do some stuff. He's so excited. Zeke... It's like his dream come true. And then Zeke, and that, that's what it is. It's yeah. that dream come true moment where he's like, Let, let's, let's be cool and let's hang out. Yeah. And then Zeke just tail bitch slaps him <laughs> right in the fucking face. But, you know, I'll be honest. Van recovers like a champ. Oh, he's not even, he, his face didn't even swell up or nothing. He's fine. Nothing. He gets he, that like shadow look for a second, but then he's like, no, we're good. Right. We're he's totally. like, no, nah, nah, we're we're cool. no, we're, we're good. Cool. I, I get it. I mean, I just woke you up. You're probably a little cranky. You know, but then we're, we're, we're brought into the circumstances um, of uh, the main antagonist for this episode right. where we have this giant scorpion zoid that breaks through and begins attacking them. Piloted by a straight-up jerk named Bull. Yeah, Bull.
0: I think they're they're basically just bandits, right? So there's three of them. Right. There's Bull, who was not good enough of a pilot to get a zoid back at like their training camp. And then there's these other two uh, named Nero and Bianco who are piloting yeah.
1: command wolf. What what were you going to say? You know the interesting parallel that I want to draw from New Century and Chaotic Century is that there is so much emphasis put on proving yourself as a pilot right. and, 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 and and on
0: your zoid itself. So there's like right. a prestige to what
1: you're piloting and how, how well you can pilot Yeah. And so it's it's sort of interesting to kind of see that come through with bull Ugh, bull what a terrible name. Uh, I
0: like that Zoid, though, too. That was a pretty badass Zoid. Yeah, it was a cool... He didn't like it. He was just like, well, I just found this stray guy's axe, whatever the fuck. And then he's just like, but I'll show those guys that even even I can make something worthwhile. This piece of shit is basically
1: what he said. (laughs) Paraphrasing. And then he just gets head butted.
0: Well, there's but there's a great moment, right? So again, it's like, uh, do you remember when we watched Ash and Pikachu battle the main villain, which was not necessarily the landscape, but the flock of Spearows, right? Yeah, yeah. So in that, in that, there's a flock of Spearows that are attacking him, and Ash tries to protect Pikachu by like fighting him off, but he gets knocked out, and then Pikachu, uh, after being injured, just like laser, uh, laser, lightning blasts all of this <laughs> flock, right? So that's their bond. That's how they forge a bond together. They right. defend each other, protect each other, and sacrifice.
1: Their own safety for each other almost and like i want to yeah go ahead i almost want to point out uh, as you're continuing with this that sacrifice is a really important thing in this show yes which which is great i think that's actually what makes um a lot of these
0: shows it, it adds to the stakes especially in the right. finale which we'll talk about like the stakes literally don't get any higher in this finale and i think that that's the only way to do it so in this one yeah you've got this giant metal scorpion That's ruining the place. And you've got kind of Van and he's got no weapons. Um, He's got his smarts because he actually grabs like an electrical cable and zaps the scorpion thing with it. And it stuns him long enough that he tells Zeke to get the hell out of there. But Zeke sees that he's trying to defend him. And then then Zeke attacks the scorpion once uh, Van gets knocked aside. But this thing is way bigger than Zeke. Zeke's like just hatched. He doesn't really have a lot of power yet. So he kind of gets knocked to the side too. There's this cool moment where both of them each kind of like, they each do that thing where they've like been knocked out but they keep getting up and they go back into the fight and they keep trying, keep trying. Right. And then it, what happens when uh
1: this is what you're saying when the when the scorpion is knocked out by Zeke's special power. So at some point in this battle, Zeke leans over, grabs Van, throws him on his back, yeah. and then has these giant turbo thrusters yeah. that pop out of his shoulder, his dino shoulder blades. And propel him at an alarming rate, uh, which doesn't seem like it would be very safe for Van because he's not really protected at all. No, and they're I thought, smashing into another giant piece of metal. Yeah, I thought they were just gonna
0: fly away and like escape. He's like, no, <laughs> he thought, just straight rockets right through I this thought, thing.
1: I honestly just thought that Van was gonna get like his head totally just, just shredded, like, chopped off, just completely shredded, decapitated. Yeah. But they they end up pushing through, uh, you know this this giant scorpion Zoid. And they, they throw him out of the ruin. Yeah. And in the process, Van's like, where the fuck are we going? And in this moment, you realize sort of the battery analogy that you've made, Dave, is that suddenly uh, they drop Van into this Liger, this, this right rusted, yep. right, This rusted wild, ready-to-party Zoid. And, and suddenly Van's like, well, what the fuck am I going to do with this? This thing's old, and it's not going to party. Yeah. And then suddenly Zeke just like flashes in a beam of light. And kind of, I don't know how they do this, but he just, like, because they never really show how the attachment or, or sort no, of, what like the... No, and Zeke just, like, teleports. In the two episodes we
0: watched. he's all over the place. He's, like, yeah. he's turning into energy beams. He's teleporting. He's, he's weirdly turning into, like... Uh, like a server room with just a bunch yeah, of, like, just cables, a bunch of cables, all cables all over coming the out of There's a lot of weird <laughs> stuff going on with Zeke. Just spilling them cables. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, yeah, this, this was a cool moment, though, too, right? Where they, they plug in um zeke is basically just like i got you bro and he just like brings the shield (laughs) liger to life and now van he not only like achieved his lifelong dream of finding an organoid he's now piloting a pretty badass zoid himself and now this is where the other the other bandits the bad guys come in the command wolves they fly in and like try to take on the liger they're like that's a shield liger that's a super advanced zoid there's no way this pathetic little punk kid could pilot it And as they're saying that, like, the fucking van just, like, takes off and just, like, rips their guts out, basically, with one strike. (laughs) It was a little anticlimactic, I will give you that. That he basically just, like, scrapes the top of them. They say, like, oh, my command my combat functions my disabled mind. he's like yeah mine too let's get the <laughs> fuck out of here
1: it's just great that they show the console and the the con- they show the console and the console just simply says like caution yeah <laughs> it's, it's like, like a big look. blinking red light in their <laughs> face they're like ooh, it's broken ooh, let's, <laughs> <out of here." laughs> let's run away you guys are the worst. <laughs> so but it is, it is it is a very anticlimactic finish it, but it was but
0: i thought it was a great setup um as a first episode and we're not done yet
1: yeah, it's not because this is what makes the end of this episode rewarding is that they go back into the ruin because Zeke's like, I got more weird shit to show you. Yeah. He's like, and you're going to come with me. I'm going to smash in you in here. the face of my tail again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's good for you. So They, they go into the, they go back into the, the this ruin, into the same room where Zeke was and there's another pond, like a smaller pond mm-hmm. that's next to him. And Van's and super who, excited. And oh boy, Van, this is like As you've mentioned, this is his dream come true. This is like double dream come true for him. And we
0: should mention, too, that uh, when one of the bandits saw this organoid earlier, he was just like, oh, an organoid? I'm totally gonna sell that for a
1: lot of money. So these are
0: like super rare things that everybody wants and now Van thinks he has two of them.
1: Right. So he is pumped. And he is standing behind this control. Ready to party. And so he is just like, he can't wait. He's moving his hands all over control panels and stuff like that. Sort of like in monster rancher where they're just aimlessly <laughs> just smashing just buttons. touching yeah. shit. Whatever works. <laughs> you know, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Don't worry. There just needs to be a lever that just says open. Cause they, they do open it. Yeah. And you think to yourself, what could possibly be in here? And Is Van's like, Oh, it's Zeke? your brother or sister. Yeah. It's gotta be, it was right next to you. That's how these things right. work. Yeah. It's a smaller one. So it's gotta, you know, it's yeah. gotta be a younger brother or sister yeah. and they open it up and it's just a woman. Yeah, just a naked woman with a bunch of cables. You see, I thought that you'd get more excited because I knew that that's your dream come true, as you've mentioned, Dave. And you were just kind of like, matter of fact.
0: I was trying to tone it down Once I got super excited earlier. No, but it's interesting (laughs) because Sean and I actually watched a recording that had deleted scenes and alternate scenes. And this was was one of them where it was like a close-up of this woman that was a young woman, probably about Van's age, which makes it even more awkward. Um, But kind of just like, they really only show from like the neck up and she's got like these weird uh, like blue eyebrows. Eyebrows. Over her Very eyebrows. weird eyebrows. So that's pretty much where the episode ends. They're just like oh okay I guess we'll figure out what this is on the rest of the Chaotic Century series. And it, I thought it was great because it, it established uh, Zeke and Van's relationship. It allowed them to have their first battle which they were victorious in and then it took that last few seconds to like open up all possibilities going forward into the rest of the series. I I thought it was great. I thought they did a great job in the first episode.
1: All of those beats that you just mentioned, Dave, you know, and that little stinger at the end to open up the world of possibility. We've talked about these in a a lot of shows. Like, that's, in a first episode, in a pilot that you're doing for a cartoon, you know, just to really kind of shotgun that world and and see what what the potential is, that, God, that's paramount. We watch so many cartoons that don't have that, that really restrict themselves with sort of the craziness that they have and so this final twist at the end it's a it's a good thing to kind of you know get you invested for the next episode. yeah i mean give me a reason
0: to watch more than just like okay i like yeah. this kid i like these zoids it'll be cool to watch I them battle hoverboard. I guess, but give me give me something yeah, right. else and the hoverboard which got yeah. smashed so he Oof. was pretty much fucked if he couldn't if he couldn't ride a zoid <laughs> out of there so But then, Uh, man, so that's the first episode. Now we jump 66 (laughs) episodes later to the finale called Return to Another Tomorrow. And I think this is actually the final act of like a four-part finale because some shit has been happening in this, right? So this is actually the the finale of the second season, which is called Guardian Force. So that was a little confusing to me how it was Zoid's Chaotic Century and then it shifted to Guardian Force because I guess from season one to season two, they changed like the subhead or, or whatever but right. basically there's been this antagonist throughout the entire second series by the name of Hiltz with a Z of course, Hiltz who is one of these ancient Zoidians he's one of the original inhabitants of Z and he has taken it upon himself to exterminate pretty much all lifeforms on Z except for other Zoidians which I'm assuming there's not very many of so humans be gone any Zoids and Organoids that ally with them be gone and he has apparently amassed this great power in a Zoid that Sean mentioned earlier, the <laughs> Death Saurer, right? This thing, you you've got to understand how we watched this first episode. We're like, all right, that's pretty cool. I can get into this. And then you watch the, the second episode, which opens with this giant like mecha Godzilla thing that's bigger than skyscrapers, basically stomping through a city and just like laying waste to everything around it with laser blasts. And you're just like, oh fuck! Ooh. All right, well <laughs> let's gotta
1: get reoriented here. <laughs> Things have jumped in up my, a few notches. In, in my notes, I wrote the first line for this final episode, so much is happening right I now. I literally, So yeah. much is happening. My first
0: line is, whoa, things have really jumped up a few notches after 66 episodes. <laughs> and obviously, guys, because there's we, a lot we missed, and that's, that's totally fine. I'm sure there's a lot of good episodes throughout the way, but we just wanted to see kind of where the arc ended up here. And I'm glad we watched right. this one because it's a, it's a crazy episode. You don't need to know a whole lot about what's going on um, to enjoy it, I don't think no because
1: they they really baby bird you through the, uh, yeah. the whole thing yeah with names thankfully
0: um, yeah, oh god i mean you've seen Whew. these people for 60 some episodes you should probably know their names but i'm glad because i didn't so i'm glad whenever oh. somebody else showed up they were just like oh hey it's uh it's that guy oh it's raven <laughs> like it's oh, raven. Thanks. great great now i know what a raven is um hey van
1: you're the only pilot i've ever respected oh uh, what a weird everything about him is weird any i bring up van to point out is there anything between these 66 episodes that you noticed uh in terms of uh, character appearance uh you know our our, our our main dude our main guy van he's he's doing stuff he's got things going on he seems a little bit different in this he's been finale hit, he's episode. been hitting
0: the gym is all i can say Oof, has he? he's been hitting the gym and then going to the haberdasher to get a new wardrobe <laughs> because he has left his dusty old sand rags behind and traded them in for a sweet, sweet new
1: mid-drift. He is wearing a mid-drift like it's nobody's business. Like a with just With just abs popping. But only, this
0: bothers poppin'. me. It's a four-pack of abs.
1: I don't, if you're going to do Maybe it, because it was high-waisted pants. I mean, I guess,
0: but either like you've got, you've know. either got a low mid-drift or high-waisted pants. But if dude's been hitting the gym and he's got a six-pack or something going on there and you're only showing four of them, yeah, you're robbing the ladies of a show. I just don't, yeah. I don't get it. And it's also women's just weird to, like, look at his stomach and just see, like, a weird plus sign. It looks like we're watching <laughs> Adversarius again. Just, just, like,
1: this bizarre design choice. But whatever, man. It's whatever. Well, you know, the... I don't know. You know, you would think, you know, I, I say... I'm saying women's because the show is Zoids, and so everything should have a Z in it. Of course. It. So women's might be tuning into this, this show trying to check out and see for Guardian Force what's going on with Van's abs. Check out that pork check out that four pack. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I really feel like, uh, the Robin, the Robin women's or people who might be attracted to van of that, that little bit of fan service. I gotta
0: tell you what, I was into, uh, I was into Hiltz on this one. <laughs> me, His character design. Holy shit.
1: Like, <laughs> holy shit. Was it fucking amazing? And this is I love it. Because
0: it's like this, like literally Sean and I were just like thrown into this, this guy, like the introduction to this guy. So Hiltz was fairly like humanoid before. He just looked like a regular human guy very passable It's just like human your introduction to him in this episode is just like on, they only show him in like super close-up right so from like head to maybe like mid-chest down he's surrounded by like crazy blue crystals that he's kind of like trapped in and he's basically just like electric blue the entire time and his face is just jacked up to like cocaine levels of just like Wah! and he's just like electric <laughs> man and I, i'm here to party oh man he's here to just lay waste to everything but he's just like <laughs> just like an electric blue like hedgehog hair just like wah, just live wire <laughs> and i absolutely loved it i thought it was completely insane i was like this guy's not fucking around and yeah. uh yeah and, and it went from there because he they're basically all trying to stop him he is right. piloting somewhere deep in the core of this death Star. he's piloting this <laughs> this megazoid which to dig in a little bit it's to a megazord it's megazord did i just call it a megazord
1: it was, you called it a megazord nice. get, the, get those power rangers showing That's up right. <laughs> de, 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 de,
0: de. uh this is basically like a this thing has been resurrected so the the good guys have faced this monster before uh right. they've faced it before they defeated it i believe at the end of the first season by another like equally possessed crazy madman um but the difference is that Pilts, he had a zoid and what was the name of his organoid again? Because he has an organoid as well. I believe it's Ambient. Uh, ambient. Yeah.
1: Like the, the pharmaceutical drug.
0: Um, <laughs> just, just pop an he Ambient. He had
1: an organoid just called Zoloft. Just Zoloft. Just pop an Ambient.
0: Just settle down Uh He needed an Ambient, to be honest with you. He was oh, completely boy. crazy. But so for, the, for most of Guardian Force, force he had a Zoid. I almost said Guardian Voice. <laughs> these fucking zoids are getting to me. Organoids and zoids. <laughs> he had one called Death Stinger. Right? And that was pretty <laughs> right. powerful too. But then that merged with this Death Saur into an even more powerful, crazy big mega zoid. And that is what is currently laying waste to this city.
1: And and when we say that it's big, Huge. to give you some perspective in scale. Yeah, maybe scale up is... from like,
0: what's, what's a human to like a, a regular zoid? Because...
1: I think I think like a zoid is, is like if if a if like a human like you and I are, are around six foot. Right. You're taller than six yeah, foot but six foot. Average, so. yeah. But like a but like yeah, so like a but I think like a zoid is anywhere between like the ten to twelve foot range. Yeah, I think like a like a, a,
0: a tank, if not like a a big like one of those big mobile military like
1: SWAT vehicles. It's probably yeah. fairly similar in size. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And so this death Star is roughly 20 to 30 times taller yeah, than easy. every other Zoid easy. because they, they show at some point are kind of like marching through the lines of the military and one of them is not even like coming up to the top of its foot right. like his giant talon that he has that's just crushing everything and they're like up to maybe the scale of the top of one of these talons. Right. So it's we like, are maybe oh like boy. the size of like his like toenail his little, little pinky right. toenail
0: Uh, And I love it, too, because these guys are just, like, unloading, right? So you have the entire armed forces that is just unloading every available Zoid, every available bullet, laser shot, everything they can, just firing at this thing, like, sometimes point blank. It's not doing shit. Everything is just, there's a crazy light show going on around him, but it's not affecting him whatsoever, and he's just mowing through people. And I love that they took the time to, like, watch, like, to animate that, because he moves very slowly because he's so enormous. But I love the size of like like the pistons and stuff for his legs. Like you actually get to see all the like the, the cool um, The articulation yeah, and, and the, everything the cool that as he's moving. it's moving. Awesome. Cause you you just gotta think, like, even in my mind, like the engineering of that, I'm like, that fucking piston must be like the size of a skyscraper itself. Like that thing is huge. Uh, so yeah. it was cool. Very cool design. Really nasty villain. And then this is sort of like Zoidian's last hope, or I guess the Z Z Inhabitant's Last Hope. Because they need to wipe this thing out, or he's got this mega like particle beam cannon that he weirdly shoots into the sky and then like somehow like it def- refracts it. Yeah, he's, down he sent like a weird like, mirror into the sky and then he could like yeah. spread out the lasers. I don't know what's going on here guys, but it's crazy powerful and
1: just wipes out a bunch of city so they really need to stop and, this guy and so you know we, we've, we've talked about you know the the proper way or the proper beats that you want to have in terms of a pilot episode to introduce you and get you excited about something this Show does everything right in terms of setting the stakes and having those proper beats to have the conclusion to a series exactly. as well. Yeah. And so if we're if we're bookending this, they did a great job. Oh, yeah. I don't. Again, we're not sure what's in the middle, but the two outside pieces of bread on this delicious sandwich—they're phenomenal. These ain't it's no like these ain't no heels. These ain't no heels. This is good bread. This Is that good bread? Yeah. Is that good? Good. It's that so, good. So you good, know bread. we that good good bread. So you know it's. It's crazy because we have such high stakes. You have such a, a crazy uh, villain who's just absolutely bent on destruction. The tools and the mechanisms that he's given is outlandish. It seems impossible to have anything combat and destroy yeah, him, unstoppable. And and he he's he's on the verge of, of being able to destroy this. And you know and, you,
0: you yeah you mentioned stakes though too. So I want to I want to set them up real quick. So Hiltz and the Death Saur. They basically want to wipe out everything except the Zoidians, like I said, right? Right. Now, can you tell me a little bit about Zoid Eve? Because that seems to be this other weird, sort of very powerful, but not quite in the same way entity that we have here. Right. How does she kind of come into play? Yeah.
1: So we have Zoid Eve and it's, it's interesting because we've mentioned, you know, sort of some of the, the outtakes or some of the, the clips, the alternate clips that we've, had that were included in the these episodes in this first and this last episode, and one of the ones that they had, they really kind of just showed this. It's an enormous uh, sort of statue of like a a woman that's built into the side of a building, and you're not really sure. It's sort of again, it kind of has like a little bit of kind of like a turquoise or green glow right. emanating from it, and you're led to believe this is very, this is a very powerful, this is maybe a very sacred object to these organoids to these original inhabitants and you you see that inside is finally the naked woman that we saw from the first episode right. uh Who? who's named is fiona exactly. yeah. and so we have fiona and we have uh you know spilling his guts with cables zeke <laughs> hanging out in the inside and they are sort of uh, i guess kind of Combating or or at least taking ownership of Zoid Eve. Yeah, I I and, took it as like they kind of
0: merged with her. So like Zeke weirdly merged with Fiona, which I don't really get what's going on there. I and don't get then that
1: either. They both kind of merged with Zoid Eve, sort of. Cause does that mean that Fiona is a battery for Zeke, and then Zeke is a battery for Eve?
0: That's I didn't really get that. I know that Fiona like Russian
1: dolls of batteries. Yeah, it's just Cheburushka,
0: just stack them yeah, through right? each other. So. <laughs> I know that like throughout the entire um, series, Fiona keeps mentioning something about Zoid Eve. And it was really frustrating for me to try to like find out what was going on because in every episode where she mentions it, she's either like knocked out and you don't find out what happens or the person they're interrogating about what Zoid Eve is, is like executed right before they get any, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Just uh, right on head. So <laughs> it's one of these things that you don't find out until probably just a few episodes from the end here. But what it is, right. It's not just the Zoid itself, it's also this location that basically provides like a giant battery, this this ancient force of energy to all Zoids on the planet. So it right. is like their it's like their lantern, right? For the Green Lantern core, it's like Ooh. their lantern, their source of energy.
1: So sort of if, like their their pulse, their their heartbeat. Yeah, exactly. Just their their sort. And if you snuff you know, that to out. To make a human reference. To make a human reference. Yeah. Because those... Dave, look, not all of us are green lanterns. So if you want to keep holding over our head that you're a part of the lantern core, that's fine. All right? I was going to say
0: for those humans out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I'd be Sinestro in a heartbeat. But, that's... but basically, so now you've got, on one hand, you've got a guy that wants to wipe out, basically commit genocide. Wipe out a number of different species and life forms. And then on the other side, the armed forces are seeing that we're starting to lose the battle. So basically the general like, looks around they're like, there's no way we're going to stop this thing unless we snuff out Zoid Eve. Because if Zoid Eve goes down, the battery is drained for all Zoids, including Deathsaurer. So they've now neutralized the threat. Now she brings that up because genocide on one hand, bad. Genocide on the other hand, supposedly good? Supposedly okay? So like, that's a really heavy topic. Um and, and decision to make for ostensibly a kid show about like right. fighting robot tigers. Um, I was like really impressed that they went there, especially when some of the characters, I think the one who actually called like took her to task on it was a former villain who had kind of turned into an antihero, um, right by the end of this episode, which was really cool. Cause he's like, are you sure that that's any better than you... the guy we're fighting against right now? You talk about Raven. I'll talk about Raven.
1: You talk about Raven talk and his raptor. Raven the raptor. Raptor Raven. And
0: his his organoid <laughs> shadow, I think.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Why not? So.
0: Just a black dinosaur. Right.
1: Yeah. So we we have them at this point, and and the the thing that's interesting is that you find out that Fiona and Zeke are willing to make the ultimate sacrifice right. in order to uh, in order to to destroy Eve. Yeah, and, I guess they're going to like merge this... with her and then like self and shut her down yeah, exactly but which would include drain that, drain that battery yeah just <laughs> yeah so they they're they're in the process and and this is the moment that we've discussed where like suddenly like zeke sort of just like his chest opens up it was a really he's got like a, unexpected and like kind of disturbing moment it
0: just kind of came out of nowhere for me it was just
1: yeah like, maybe it's happened in the other probably 60 something episodes yeah. but this is the first time we saw it so he's sort of kind of like unloaded all of these tentacle wires and has now merged with Fiona. Yeah, right
0: into Fiona, which was like oh. uh, I've seen this before and it's never ended ended well. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's not good for anyone. Seen,
1: seen this on the internet mm-hmm. and I wish I hadn't. Mm-hmm. But here we are again. <laughs> Keep and coming so, back. You know, we get this so we have this ultimate sacrifice that's ready to be made. Right. We have Raven calling her out on it saying that's really not a good idea. Right. You and know? you've and, got and
0: Fiona s- calling out to Hilts too just to be like, hey, guess what, fucker? We're gonna take you down yeah. one way
1: or the other. Yeah, basically. And he's like no. he's like, No, don't, don't do that. That'd be a really bad idea. Yeah, that was a <laughs> you know, but idea. they're but they're at the point where they're they're stressed, they're taxed, the the army has, has proven that they're they're not going to be able to to handle this threat. No, and like even and at this
0: point, like he's the Deathsaur has almost wiped out their their giant mobile platform, like
1: the Ultrasaurus, right? Like that thing is right. like basically just barely holding on. And we should say that the Ultrasaurus has a weapon called a gravity cannon right. makes that sense. they've used. Uh, yeah, makes total sense. Yeah. That they've, you know, they've harnessed gravity into a cannon. Yeah. And that this is, uh, and they, they've used this against this Deathsaurus. And so they are kind of, and it, it didn't work. And no. so they're, they're like, they that's felt it. like they've, that's all we got. you know, they, they've, they've pushed that, they've exercised that nuclear option and pressed that red button. Yeah. And the result is what we see in almost every movie whenever somebody does something like that with the smoke clears yeah. and the guy is still standing Day, there. Yeah, he's just yeah, exactly. like, yeah, exactly. And just like, ooh, no, we screwed this one up, no, did the and, and at
0: this point, the only two that look like they still have a chance at fighting him, which I found a little bit uh, far-fetched because it was basically Van and you know the Liger, the Blade Liger, and then right. uh, Raven and his Raptor uh, Zoid were basically the only two standing against this giant thing. And the giant thing was basically like, He's just kind of like standing there, just like letting them fight. And there was, I really liked the fact that they wrote in, they gave Hilt a line of dialogue that was basically explaining why those two were still alive. And I thought that was really cool. Do you remember that part?
1: Right. Yeah. He said, you know, it's no coincidence that I've left you alive. I've left you alive till the final moment when I needed to drain your power. Exactly. I thought that was awesome. And then he opens up this giant vacuum cleaner in his chest. Yeah that seems to, like, it. not only is a vacuum cleaner, but it also seems to drip sparkles at some point. Sure. And I was like, those are never going to come out. No. You know, and so, like, he <laughs> opens up, like, this giant vacuum cleaner and begins to kind of suck them in. Um, Basically you know, merging, and,
0: uh, or intending to merge with them like he did with the other two Zoids, I'm assuming. Yeah, and just, like, the give them ultimate power. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: So, you know, he's, he's going for this ultimate power option so that nobody can stop him, and he's like, these last two pirates, or these last two pilots, I'm going to integrate them into my power you know i've left them alive but now i'm going to teach them a lesson because they're the only two that are here and i'm really going to show everybody else on planet z y'all are yeah that's
0: like the ultimate badass thing to do and and keep in mind he's doing this while he's like screaming at the top of his lungs like crazy electric blue i just want you to keep that that image in your mind because it's insane you can't not see it
1: it it sort of like uh, it kind of reminded me for like two seconds of moments of of akira yeah definitely. where he's like inside of like all of this massive energy, right. you know, and he's just going nuts. Yeah. you know, he's he is drunk with this blue crystal panel. Yeah.
0: which was a drug and cop. <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> crystal twist cops. So this is the moment where we sort of we've talked about these conversations that people have been having back and forth, right. being like, "I'm going to do this thing." No, you're not. You know, is that really a good idea? And suddenly, this is the moment where Van just goes, "Hey, Fiona." believe in me and she's like okay yeah it was it
0: was like it was <laughs> super short but also really cute at the same time because fiona and zeke are there and they're all weirdly attached to each other through cables and fiona's like basically on the verge of tears and she's like all right we're ready to just exterminate an entire race including ourselves yeah. probably and then van just like somehow like talks to her and he's like nah boo i got this she's like "Ah, that's <laughs> like wait what it was kind of sweet but also real goofy at the same time um
1: because the next thing that he does is he calls up the ultrasaurus and he's like hey guys is the gravity cannon still yeah. online and they're like "Yup." he's like shoot me out of the gravity cannon." <laughs> this is like at this point you're just like well i mean i guess all right
0: sure at, at first blush it sounds really kind of silly um but the way that they paint it i thought was really cool because it was Van's basically saying, like, yeah, me and, me and the Liger, we'll either handle it or we won't. And they're basically saying to him, they're like, you realize that, like, we're going to launch you at this thing. And you're probably, you're either going to blast through it and, and save the day. Or you're just going to splatter on its armor like a bug on a windshield, right? And he's like, don't worry about it. I got it. And I Don't worry about it, boo. No. I got this. And, and I like that because it was like, I think he knew somewhere deep down, Van knew that this was, this was it. It was either going to work or it wouldn't. But either way, he
1: was... Right he had one shot that was it again we have we have two people willing to exactly. to sacrifice themselves you know for the the good of everything and you know we have one option which will work right but at the cost of a lot of other you know right. organoid and zoid lives and then we have <laughs> we, we, we have a man crazy he's like insane he's no like van he's like hey can you guys turn me into a liger bullet he's yeah, just like shoot us <laughs> out of that cannon <laughs> shoot me out of a cannon yeah. And I love, so
0: I'd want to make a nod to this character named Moon Bay, who, uh, she only stuck in my mind because she's randomly there. I don't know. I'm sure she has a lot to do in the rest of the episode, but she's, the entire time in this this episode, she's just struggling to, like, keep this uh, Ultrasaurus, like, steady. So she's literally just, like, fighting with joysticks to keep the thing standing on its, like, (laughs) four legs or whatever it has left. And it was just, it was just odd. So she's there. She's struggling to keep this thing Right. Uh, Van is is going to get into the uh, <laughs> gravity cannon. This all sounds completely insane, but then, right? Hilt sees what they're planning to do, so he sees what they're doing. So he now goes on the defensive and he fires up this crazy like uh, light shield, so this energy shield. Right. And he sets that up, and you're like, well, fuck. Now what's going to happen? And this is where that kid Raven comes back into play, and he basically Which, like,
1: yeah, yeah. This is now my absolute favorite part okay. of the entire episode because you see this point where uh Raven's raptor jumps to the top of a building yeah. and on the back of the legs yeah. there's like these counterweights that just go Yeah there's like anchors and, that like dig into the into the rock right. yeah so they they hunker down yeah. and he's like I'm going to create a hole in this energy field for for you so get ready van I'm going to do it right now so he starts unloading all of this weaponry all of these guns all of this stuff and and Hilt is just kind of like oh no like what are you doing like oh like this is the first time that he he honestly seems a little bit surprised about what's going on and so then in this moment where Raven has exhausted all of his options on his on his raptor now remind you it's it's anchored into the side of the building he gets done unloading and then the raptor just goes I'm done and just falls off the building (laughs) because he's completely like exhausted at that point like, it's anchored in there, so it shouldn't be a problem, but it just kind of, it's sort of a, sort of like a, it just ragdolls yeah. off the building. It's like no bones. It just completely yeah. completely I'm like, oh, he's probably dead. He's probably real dead. Raven's dead. But
0: he's alive enough to watch his own um, organoid shadow come flying in from nowhere and just like blasts the final hole in the shield. Of the death soar right so as this is all happening you kind of got to keep all these wheels spinning at the same time as that's happening raven's falling in his boneless ragdoll of a Zoid, shadows <laughs> flying in and blasting this final hole in the death soar's shield uh moon bay is struggling to keep this uh ultrasaurus steady van and his liger are currently sitting in the gravity cannon getting ready to be shot out of it like a liger bullet <laughs> and Zeke and Fiona are standing by in case they have to like eliminate Zoid Eve. So there's a lot of shit going on at one, at the, at one right. time. And meanwhile, there's all these like impotent generals and soldiers and stuff behind them. Like, oh, is it, is it going to work or are we all like dead? Let's see what happens. And they, they right. it's cool because they like cheer them on. They're like, you can do it, Van. You're the only one. You're the best guy. I'll suck your D. Like there's lots of like weird just like stuff. I don't know. Maybe they <laughs> Yeah, Maybe that. I missed that. Yeah, one, I don't no. know. There's an alternate <laughs> alternate scene. Um. So it's cool, though. What I'm trying to say is, like, they do build up that energy and, like, that final moment. And you're like, all right, this is it. And then they launch the fucker out of there. And as he's going, and he has that, like, cool corona of light and stuff that's in front of him, makes him look like he's going super fast. And he's, like, you know, burning through the atmosphere.
1: Right. At this point. Like, parts of of his liger are kind of, like, falling apart. Well, not
0: yet. It's not until, um, so Hiltz at this point, he's like, oh, I see. And he fires his own beam cannon again, this, like, super powerful thing that's been wiping out cities. He fires that directly at the Liger, um, at Van and the, and the Liger. So that's when, yeah, parts of the armor start like flying off and like disintegrating, and he's basically down to just like base metal. But he manages to just, just punch through it anyway because, yeah, in a really cool moment, Van has kind of waited to the last second, and uh, the Death has exhausted its particle beam, and the Liger's still coming. And Van's like, "Now it's my turn!" And he just like just like throttles up and just. Punches through this thing, and it was such a cool moment that you knew was kind of going to happen, but you just you weren't quite yeah, sure. Of course, because if he would have just splattered on the side of that thing, that would have been like
1: a real letdown. Um, <laughs> but now it's, there was a part of me that was like, fingers yeah, crossed, I was like, let's see what happens. I want to see the villain win this time, just this well, one because they, they
0: still could have just okay. neutralized Zoid Eve, and they still would have been like, well, all right, we lost Van, but at least we'll shut you down, yeah, but yeah. they didn't. So Van saves the day, he busts through this thing, it literally like took. The next five or ten minutes to slowly like stumble, collapse, fall down, eventually explode, eventually collapse the entire city upon it. Which
1: you know you know that there's a threat and a villain that is worthy when you have to collapse an entire not just like a city block. No, no, no. Not just like a small like you watch as the liger is running away. The whole city just folds in on itself and presumably on top of this death. Oh, definitely on
0: top of the Death Star,
1: which included like Zoid Eve too. Because it had it had one moment where the Death Star is that is like laying on the ground and a building just goes right on his face on top of its head. <laughs> <laughs> Amidst all the explosions. I was like, no, okay, he's and dead. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm watching the I'm watching the episode with a friend of the show, Melanie Harker, yeah. and in that moment where that building drops, that's the first time she laughed, like during the entire she goes ah! It was like, hilarious. It smashed him right in the face. He literally just <laughs>
0: dropped a building on a Godzilla face. It was it was and satisfying. That was very it was very satisfying. And I, yeah. I have to say, I think one of the reasons that made it more satisfying, not so much that I loved like Van as like a hero because I didn't get to see enough of him being heroic. Um, I, I think he's a great hero. Don't get me wrong. I just didn't get to see enough right. of him to form that bond. But I did get to see enough of Hiltz being a batshit crazy genocidal lunatic.
1: Oh, that was great! I mean,
0: he has he has a great line where he's screaming at the top of his lungs, and he's like, "Don't resist the inevitable! Join the annihilation!" And I'm just like, "Fuck yeah, this guy!
1: This guy's got it!" You know, he is uh, he is almost like a you you don't you don't know whether or not as a villain he still possesses any humanity whatsoever because right. of these blue crystals that he's surrounded in. So he is psychotic. They have thrown everything at him. He has beat back everything consistently. Right. He gets that final point where he spits in the face of the two heroes and says, oh, I'm going to consume you yeah. with this death Sore vacuum cleaner. And everything that they're throwing at him at this point, every obstacle you know, the, uh, that he is, is throwing out there, they are barely making it pass until they exercise this Liger bullet. And even in that instance, like you said, you think to yourself, is the Death Star, like, beam going to knock the Liger out of the, yeah, of the sky? Look real close. Because I'll be honest, real-life physics would tell me that if you have two forces colliding at that point, it's going to knock one of them yeah. out. Like, if one's not traveling fast enough, that's how sp- that's how speed and, like, velocity we, work. I'll say we don't know what the physics
0: are like on the planet Z, so maybe, you know, gravity <laughs> versus particle beam, cannon, Ooh, I don't know. Ooh. It's a fuzzy <laughs>
1: math. I love the idea that, like, fuzzy math and fuzzy science just gets a... It's
0: just cartoon. It's just cartoon physics. I'm totally cool with it. It's good. Yeah. Look, man, if that if that Liger was going to punch all the way through that, like, crazy plates of armor of basically a walking city, like, yeah. <laughs> there was nothing going to stop him. Nothing going to stop him. Right. But I dug it, man. Even, like, the only thing at the end that's, like, a finale of 67 episodes, the thing is that, like, the Death Star blows up and that's it it's like the end of the episode so roll credits and roll credits is when like zeke and fiona i think like weirdly teleport over to van and then they like run off into the sunset and then they just like meet up with everybody out in the desert again and just like hug and everybody's cool and it's like i mean i guess they do that thing where they they line up everybody for sort of like a picture for like (laughs) like a a final cameraman who's not actually there it's just the audience (laughs) they're the viewer yeah well you know
1: i i figured whenever they were taking the photo because raven's out there with them you know now at this point but raven was not in that final i don't believe raven was in that final photo i feel like he was the person that they're like hey raven would you since you're kind of an (laughs) anti-hero and sort of a piece of shit could you do us a favor and just take this photo of all the people who were actually good from
0: the beginning we were drawn that way this is before selfies too so they couldn't have just
1: taken a, a giant zoid selfie do you think that there's like a, a Zoid attachment that's a selfie stick? I would imagine that there is. I, you know what? Just that take one
0: sense. of those stupid judges robot arms and just use that as like a <laughs> selfie stick. <Those> stupid things. <laughs> I'm so glad that we watched Chaotic Century though because this was like, this was a show that I would have loved if I had actually watched it when it was on at the time. Uh, it's, I agree. It's another one I might go back and actually watch a little bit more of if I had the time. Yeah. So you like it too? should
1: throw this out there that a majority of this series is available on Daily Motion. Yeah with alternate uh, deleted scenes,
0: which are probably cut from the Japanese versions by American censors due to weird tentacle
1: stuff going on. Yep. Yeah, so if that's your thing, check it out. (laughs) Weird moments where they almost made Dave's dreams come true. Almost so close. Thanks, Japan you guys are the best <laughs> so you would definitely recommend this show Oh, absolutely I, I would say don't
0: bother with the the new century stuff unless you're into like the the model kits and stuff like that that i get because it's, that's kind of cool to see the different versions yeah. of the liger but for the the actual like action and um, storytelling and the characters definitely check out chaotic century and guardian force looks really cool. cool how about you buddy
1: yeah i definitely recommend this i was glad that we did this I think that this also might be the one of the first times that we've watched first and last episodes. Yeah,
0: it's something we might get into. It, what we try to do is find like a highly rated one or if it's recommended from a friend then we we go with that recommendation, but for some of these it's hard to find like a list of like ratings of episodes unless it's like a major 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 show. So, right. we might do that in the future just kind of bookend it and see see how that works out. So this was,
1: you know, as a first time trying it out, it was great. I, I loved seeing sort of the the arc and the the abs, you know, that come out over 60-something episodes. And so that's that's great. You know, I would definitely recommend this, as you mentioned, over top of New Century.
0: Yeah, and you said that we had some, uh, some listeners out there from Facebook land to kind of thank for our listener suggestion because of a response to our previous episode. Yeah.
1: So we received a very high response. And as we mentioned before, you guys had a lot of opinions about zoids. And so we... This was the reason that we got into Chaotic Century and wanted to watch it based on your user suggestions and reviews. I will have to go back and see if I can find the person to credit for this, but I will say that I asked somebody on Facebook what episode would you recommend as a way to sort of get into the series and dip my toe into a little bit of this chaos that's going to happen in uh, this version of Zoids, and the person's response was priceless because they just said, "Uh, I'd watch all of them. (laughs) <laughs> like oh yeah. so, so, <laughs> so priceless so
0: 30-34 hours of Zoid's Chaotic Century straight <laughs> yeah, right. I would love to someday a... just do like a crazy marathon of something
1: uh, we're gonna do it one day we're gonna do our land before time marathon Oh God, they're still making more of those <laughs> they're actually coming out with the full uh, collection on blu-ray in like June I think ooh fingers oh, crossed 250 bucks yeah oh your birthday's coming nope <laughs> <laughs> I'm send that shit right back <laughs>
0: I'll do it for charity it's the only way i'm doing it not for sanity for sure i
1: would agree (laughs) yeah there's no sanity sanity in in that one one. but
0: no so thanks Uh, again listeners out there let us know um like we said if you liked our coverage of zoid's chaotic century if you have any other suggestions for us uh to cover in the future because we will definitely be doing that and then listen to the end of this episode because we're going to tell you what's coming up next on saturday morning cartoons we've got some more listener suggestions some of which might surprise you (laughs) <laughs> but before that, Sean, buddy, what do you have going in the next couple of weeks that you might want to let the listeners know about out there?
1: Uh, I'm going to be performing with Washington Improv Theater. As always, I perform with a troupe that does live improv comedy that's called Knox. That's N-O-X! Exclamation point! You can find out about any of the shows that we have if you check out witdc.org. And as always, you can find me on the, the Turs and the Grams at Sean Paul Ellis.
0: Wonderful. Uh, For me, you can find me over at Collider.com. You can also find me on Nerdist.com. And if you're interested in checking out some of my short fiction, you can do so at DaveTrumbore.com. On Twitter, you can find me at DrClawMD. If you want to know more about Saturday Morning Cartoons, you can do so at our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's a morning with a U. Also, check out Sean's handiwork on our Tumblr page, SaturdayMorningCartoons.tumblr.com. You guys know all about our Facebook page, because you have been so great at uh, getting back to us, liking our our images, our theme songs that we post, and obviously our episodes too. So thanks so much again for checking that page out. You can also listen to our uh, podcast episodes each and every week on our YouTube account. Or if you prefer audio only, you can listen to them for free through iTunes and Stitcher. Also, if you have listener suggestions, you can either reach out to us through Facebook or if you want, send us an email, saturdaymorningcartoons at gmail.com. That's going to do it for Zoid's Chaotic Century. However, we've got another couple of listener requests that are coming up. I don't know oh boy. anything about this next one.
1: I don't know anything about this next one either. But for our next episode, we are going to be watching and discussing JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And
0: we, we got to go back and dig up who suggested this one. Um, it was very recent. We will definitely be shouting out to you on that episode. Uh, so if it's you and you're listening, please let us know which episode you'd like us to watch. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. And then we've also got coming down the pipe. We've got, uh, should we tell them about the next
1: ones? Yeah, we should talk yeah. about the next
0: one. So ones. the one That'd after cool. that, uh, I'm super looking forward to. I don't know which episode we're going to cover either. Was this a listener I think suggestion? I, might,
1: I think I might just watch all 26. I mean, that's
0: totally fine too. And just, we'll yeah. argue about which one's our favorite for an hour and a half. God,
1: anyone with Faye Valentine. I
0: mean, obviously. So that should give it away right there. I would love. Yeah, I we... kind of love to watch P.R.O. Lafou. That's one of my favorite ones. It scares the shit okay. out of Allison, which I find hilarious. <laughs> <Really>? He's terrifying. <laughs>
1: He's pretty terrifying. So
0: obviously, we're talking Cowboy Bebop cowboy bebop one of the best one of the greats one of the best all-time greats speaking of it's going to lead into one of the all-time greats we're going to have a two-part episode uh, for our 99th and 100th episode of the podcast we're going to be talking about probably the granddaddy of all cartoons batman the animated series can't wait Batman: the animated series i don't know how we're going to top that with episode number 200 if we survive that long (laughs) Uh, but we're not we're not looking that far ahead. we're looking at Batman the animated series we got some cool stuff coming up we've got uh, a number of guests that have been on the show in the past that are going to be lending their their voices to this episode
1: making some cameo appearances during episode 99 and 100 Uh, so very excited to have them. yeah we're
0: going to try to hit up a lot of your favorite villains from the series as well as some of uh, the Batman's best moments so it's gonna be good I'm looking forward to that one that's something I definitely want to dig back into a little bit so This gave me a good excuse and reason to do it. So yeah, stuff to look forward to the next few weeks on Saturday Morning Cartoons. But until then, I just want to say thank you guys for listening and we will see you next time.